Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Fantasy, best friends forever. Welcome to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Frank Stample here on a Friday, May 31st. Got a really fun show planned for today. Obviously going to be talking weekend waivers as we normally do on Fridays. But before I introduce the man of the hour, I do want to take a little trip down memory lane. I started with the Fantasy Sports Network back in 2014. I was a video production intern, graduated video producer, so on and so forth. Move up the ladder. When I started, it was Roto Experts in the Morning, the show that I would work on. Scott Engel, Adam Ronis, Corey Parson, the crew, I would hear at times someone call in, another host, throw jabs at each other, had a nice little friendly rivalry. I thought to myself, that guy sounds pretty cool. Fun guy. Someone that I would like to work with one day. Lo and behold, here we are. And it's with that that I would like to introduce Craig Mish, the latest addition to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Craig Mish, a wealth of fantasy sports and radio Knowledge and experience. He covers the Miami Marlins as well. Craig, welcome to the Fantasy BFFs. Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. What's going on, man? Wow, Frank, thanks, man. That's a great introduction. Thanks for having me. And if it doesn't work out and my show doesn't work out on this network, then what I'm going to do is an impression show on this network where I just do impressions of everybody here on FNTSY and the Fantasy Sports Network. Because that, you know, for some reason... It's it's doing impressions that really kind of made my name on that show in the morning with all the guys there. But you're right. That was a really fun part of what I did there. And I'm so excited to be here with you and Greg Sussman. I know you guys do a great job on the show that you do on the Fantasy BFF show. And certainly there's so much great talent here. And I can't wait to get started on Monday for those people who have been really yearning for that fantasy baseball information and just talking baseball on the air in the summer. It's something that I always want to do. I've done it for nine years, and now uh, this will be my first go-around here doing it with you guys. I'm really excited and honestly really honored to be part of the FNTSY and Sports Grid group. Well, we're happy to have you, Craig. And you mentioned impersonations. Look, there's probably no one easier easier to impersonate than Greg Sussman. I mean, you heard the guy on the radio before. He used to do uh, the Roto Experts in the morning as well at times filling in. There he goes. That's, there uh, that's Greg Sussman enjoying yep, a nice little, uh, I don't know what that is, Malibu Babery, some kind of fruity beverage, wherever he is. But he is, uh, he's out here for the rest of the week. But look, you know, if you want, if you want to make Where an impersonation. Where did he go? He's in, uh, I think he's in South Carolina right now. Oh, Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale, is, is that where he is? That's right. Yeah, for a bachelor party. Oh, that's right where I live. So there you He's go. Maybe you should meet up and get a Malibu Bay Breeze with Greg. I'm not sure that he loved my impressions of him. <laughs> I'm, not po- I'm not positive of that. I mean, one. he's the easiest one, though. He- <laughs> I could break him out again if you want, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think that he was. I'm not sure if he was a fan or not. But the one thing that I always, uh, we go back to those times, and the one player 
that Greg was in love with for, I mean, I'm going to say probably a good three or four months until he realized that he that he shouldn't be was Jonathan Singleton on on the Houston Astros. Oh, my gosh, Frank. He would talk about him all the time. And the thing that he would always say, the power is real. It is legit. And so I would go on my whole uh, impressions of, of Greg. on the. I know you would use that Jonathan Singleton, but I love Greg. And, I'm, and obviously without him, uh, there is no fantasy sports network and he makes it all go. Uh, but that aside, he was very wrong on Jonathan Singleton. And I loved giving him a lot of crap for it for a long period of time. I used to come on and just basically do Jonathan Singleton talk. It was fun. And I love that that's the first thing that you bring up about Greg Sussman. Uh, not really a surprise because he goes on these random tangents where he finds these players that he likes and he falls in love with them, a la John Singleton, but they're just random players. Earlier this year, I kid you not, Craig, he was freaking out about Jimmy Yacobonis. Seriously. Jimmy Yacobonis. That's Jimmy Yacobonis. I, I think it, Greg has this cool name theory. I, I think he just really liked his name. And Greg uh, obviously watches a lot of Yankee games. So I think he watched a Yankee game where Jimmy Yacobonis came he in in middle more. relief, saw him pitch well for the Orioles, and that was it. Fell in love with Jimmy Yacobonis. So you must love not the much Pirates has changed. pitcher. Never ask us, right? Never ask us is the name of the pitcher on uh, on the Pittsburgh Pirates. One of the longest names in the league. Maybe he loved Salta Lamakia in the past. Maybe that was his catcher too. But look, I mean, Greg and I have had a great relationship for a long time. And and as soon as I found out that I was joining the network, he was, I think, the first person that I reached out to and called. And so we spoke and, and talked about me coming aboard also. So uh, a great group of of men and women that you have there at Sports Grid. And again. I think that this is going to be a lot of fun because what I am going to bring to the table is not just being able to talk baseball and talk fantasy baseball. I think a lot of you know out there that I've been a radio and television personality for more than 20 years. And one of the things that I like to do is give everyone the information that I have on the inside from Major League Baseball to kind of tip you guys off on players that will be called up, players that other people think are maybe better than some or even worse than some and that's one of the things that I did for a long time, and I'm excited to do it again. And I am excited, by the way, most importantly, Frank, is this summer to talk baseball on a show. And I think that it goes without saying there are so many people that are still very passionate about baseball and about fantasy baseball. I don't buy this narrative that maybe it's dying or it's going away. Uh, no, I mean, for me, I think that if we can capture all of you who still very, who care very much, then that's good enough for me. So on my show starting on Monday, June and July and even August, it's, it's going to be a baseball show. We're going to talk baseball. Then when football comes, Frank, we'll talk football. We'll have a lot of fun talking football also. But I know there are so many people in their season-long leagues that are still very passionate. They care a lot. People on social media uh, since my show ended a month ago have been like, you know, can you still help me? Can you still ask questions? And not just me. Everybody here at FNTSY are very intelligent. They all can answer your questions as well. So as the landscape changes and we move more toward wagering, and certainly here at SportsGrid we're doing a lot of that, and for good reason, my job is to still engage the fantasy community, not just with baseball, but with football, basketball, all the sports that you guys love to play. I'm here to do that as well. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more when it comes to fantasy baseball. A lot of people talk about it being a dying breed and fantasy football taking over. And look, we know fantasy football is the juggernaut, but it's still baseball season. And I think a lot of people still want to hear about fantasy baseball. And if there are any naysayers, any doubters when it comes to fantasy baseball, then it's our job to suck you back in. Let's get you back into playing fantasy baseball. We understand it's a really, really long season, but that's what makes it so incredible. You know, it's not just, you know, a week-to-week -week basis. 
fantasy baseball is a grind, and I realize that. Look, I'm in six, seven leagues where I have to set waivers every single week, and frankly, it's way too many leagues. I shouldn't be in that many, but it's fun, man. It's fun, and it's the season-long process, so we're going to continue to talk baseball here for a long time throughout the summer. Uh, you'll hear Craig every weekday starting next week, Monday to Friday, from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern Time, Fantasy Sports Today. I mentioned yesterday when we had Brad Ziegler on that he will be joining Greg Mish every Thursday now on Fantasy Sports I never Today. agreed to that. I never, never agreed, agreed to, to having Brad Ziegler on the show. This we never is, agreed to where, allow you. I don't know you... where this is coming from, so I'm going to have to talk to Mike Cardano and see who who agreed to this agreement with me and Brad Ziegler. Not that I've known him for a long time or, or talked to him all the time and we're friends, but we got to really have a serious conversation about that. And Craig, we never... Uh, agreed on allowing you to steal him from the fantasy BFFs either. So no, that's a whole nother. Uh, that's a story. That's a show uh, for next week's show that we could talk about that as well. So, but yeah, I am actually very excited. Obviously, uh, that that's another piece of the puzzle here at FNTSY, and you guys have done a phenomenal job bringing him aboard and talking to him. Of course, Brad played with the Marlins in 2018 and 2017, so I had my opportunity to get to know him a lot better during that period of time. He's one of my favorite people, and I think one of the up-and-coming people, both in fantasy baseball and fantasy football. I got to tell you, Frank, uh, Brad knows more about fantasy football and especially dynasty fantasy football than just about anybody that I know in this industry. His passion for this is incredible, and I think that he's going to bring a ton of intelligence to the table there. He also, of course, has contacts in baseball as well, and I think that more than anything— on, on a show like the one that I'm going to be doing, not to talk about this for an hour, but is that it, it's one thing to talk about fantasy. It's one thing to talk about your opinions. But when you're getting opinions directly from players who played the game and general managers and executives who have been part of the game, and I can bring that to the table, and uh, both in baseball and in football, I mean, that is game-changing. So regardless of how into your fantasy baseball league you are or your fantasy football league, if you're able to get an edge on anything in fantasy sports, why not take advantage of that? And so I think Brad brings that to the table for sure with baseball as well. And so I couldn't be, honestly, without being cynical, more thrilled, Frank, to have him as uh, as part of uh, FNTSY and part of this. Yeah, and you're absolutely right when it comes to Brad's knowledge. Not only of baseball, obviously he played the game so he can offer a different insight, but for fantasy football, and that's why I asked him yesterday. I gave him the opportunity because it was going to be his last time for now on the BFS. I'm sure we can get him on whenever. But I asked him to drop some of his fantasy football knowledge, who are his early sleepers and bust for the fantasy football season. And I could just tell the way he was talking about it, how passionate he is about fantasy football and the knowledge that he possesses. So I actually went out for a couple of drinks the other night with one of our uh, faithful listeners and watchers, Constantine. And he was telling me, you know, having Brad on the show has opened his eyes up and made him start thinking ways that he didn't normally think as a fantasy baseball player, and that's exactly why we wanted an addition like Brad to the network. So it's been really, really awesome to work with him so far, and it's, and it's awesome to have you here as well, Craig. You mentioned that you have insight into things that are going on behind the scenes in the baseball world, specifically with the Miami Marlins, and you were telling me just before we came on the show that you do have some news that you would like to break when it comes to the Marlins. Yeah, and, and I don't know that it has huge fantasy relevance outside of people that are playing in potentially maybe some National League-only leagues or even 15-team leagues, but there hasn't been a move announced yet, but uh, the Marlins are going to call up JT Riddle from their minor league system, 
and he's going to end up with the big league team as they play their series in San Diego. They'll place Neil Walker on the injured list. That's really a shame because Walker had been playing very well for them. And more importantly, Frank, if you look like teams uh, like the Miami Marlins and the Royals and the Tigers and some of these teams that aren't going to compete this year, to have any of your players that are potential trade chips in reality go on the injured list is a pretty big downer. And so hopefully the Marlins could get Walker back on the field because they'd like to trade him on July 31st. So uh, if you're playing in an NL only league, potentially uh, what does Riddle offer? Well, look, you look at the back of the baseball card. It really hasn't been great over the past couple of years, but we're always looking just for active bodies in those kind of leagues. So I would expect him to play some shortstop. And then at first base, uh, Martin Prado will probably end up playing a little bit more uh, for Miami. Maybe Rojas uh, ships over to first and also Austin Dean uh, will well. So, uh, you know, that's a real small nugget in the big scale of some of the things that I hope to bring to the show and bring to the table here. But for those of you who are going to be loyal listeners and watchers, not just of my show, but your show and Greg and, uh, and certainly all the shows here on FNTSY, you can expect that we're just going to try and bring as much inside information as possible before it really gets out there to the public. And you can follow me, of course, on Twitter at Craig Mish, and I'll break some news there as well. And of course, we're going to talk about uh, other waiver wire options throughout the course of this first hour here from 12 to 1. In the second hour, surprise, surprise, we got a stacked show today. Craig in hour one, hour two, we get Matt Modica of The Athletic joining us as well. So stacked show here on a Friday. Before we get into some of those other waiver wire options, Craig, I do have some personal Miami Marlins questions that I, that I need to get off my chest. Is that right? Let's do it. Let's knock it out. First and foremost, I've been stashing Zach Gallen in one of my home leagues. It's a head-to-head points league. It's a keeper league. Uh, you can stash two minor leaguers. I've been stashing him for a while. We've gotten a lot of questions about Zach Gallen as well, but I know that he's not on the 40-man roster. Now, he's absolutely dominating in the minor leagues. I'm not even sure that the Miami Marlins could have foresaw him being as good as he has been this year, especially pitching in the PCL, and you see all these gaudy numbers throughout AAA so far this season in the minors. He has been absolutely dominant. But is there a path for him to get into the rotation outside of somebody getting hurt? Is it, can it be, you know, someone is not performing up to expectations and then he gets pulled up? Or does it have to be an injury for Zach Gallen? Yeah, it's an interesting question, Frank. And when you think about it, all of the national media that just piles on the Marlins for all the bad trades that they made, all meaning maybe the Christian Yelich trade, but the rest of them are still kind of to be determined, I think, at this point. When you look at it, the Marlins acquired Zach Gallen, and they acquired Magnera Sierra. We don't know what he'll be. Uh, and they acquired Sandy Alcantara for Marcel Ozuna, and Ozuna is going to be a free agent after this season. Who knows? Maybe he'll re-sign with the Cardinals. Maybe he'll do a long-term extension. He changed agents, so that's something we're going to certainly have to keep an eye on. But there's no doubt, Frank, you're right. Gallen has pitched very well. The Marlins are one of a handful of teams, meaning I think there are five in all of Major League Baseball, who have gone one through five in their rotation and haven't changed. So that means that if no one gets hurt, and really for Miami's young rotation, they've pretty much been effective, a little bit inconsistent over the start of the season till now, but there just is no spot for him at the moment. So how does Gallen get to the big leagues? One of two things has to happen. The first thing that would have to happen would be an injury, which is something that nobody is certainly going to root for. I think it would have to be an extended injury because I don't think that they would bring up Gallon just for a spot start. I think they would want him to make 10 to 15 starts the rest of the season in that rotation, and there is no path for that. So question number two and really issue number two would be Jose Ureña, who I think the Marlins are going to move 
either at the trade deadline or before. I reported that last week. And I think at that point, Frank, you would see Gallon make somewhere between five to seven starts, I think, in August, maybe into September. But remember, when the games are meaningless in September, in reality, in fantasy, and especially in those leagues where you're playing, Frank, in head-to-head leagues, where you really don't even know who's going to be active for you in September, you want somebody that's going to be in that rotation. And I can't even guarantee that Gallon would be in there at that point. It's simply, Frank, at this point, is going to take an injury for you to get maximum fantasy value from Zach Gallen. Reality value, there's no doubt. I think he's in this rotation, especially in keeper leagues in 2020. But for the rest of this season, something unforeseen would have to happen for him to make extended starts. And right now, it just doesn't appear that way. Greg Mish out here breaking hearts on his first segment here on the Fantasy Sports Radio oh, Network. So sorry. So sorry. I've been stashing Zach Gallon. I know a lot of people are, but I think you have to look at it with a, with a realistic approach here. Just to put this in perspective, Zach Gallon, a 1.70 ERA in the PCL in AAA, a 0.68 whip. The guy has just been awesome. But with that, we're going to take a break here. Frank Stanfield, Craig Mish, Fantasy Best Friends, Forever Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We'll be back right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? If so, go to pointsbet.com forward slash grid. Open yourself up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBets also offers its own betting concept where customers they're rewarded by how much they win their bet that's pointsbet.com forward slash grid enter the promo code grid and get your two risk-free bets of up to one thousand dollars today so i hope you can stand the vibration because we're about to rock the entire nation all right here we go Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Friday, May 31st. Frank Stanfield alongside the debut of Craig Mish. Craig, if you don't know this about the Fantasy Best Friends Forever, you probably already know it about Greg. Uh, We like to sing and dance a lot. Most people hate it. 
Uh, some people love it, but that's what we like to do. So I hope you're right with that. If, you, if you'd like to sing and dance now, uh, you can get it off your chest. Well, I just want to say thank you so much again for having me on the show. Have a great weekend, Frank. It's been really fun being with you here for the first 20 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. Fine. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Enjoy. Dance. Not something I can guarantee that I will do on my show. Can't That's guarantee fair. that. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Look, we're here to talk Singing about... Singing and dancing. No, not my thing. <laughs> we're here to talk about some fantasy baseball waiver wire ads for the weekend. So let's jump right in. I, I put out a poll before the show, Craig, asking... You know, who might the top waiver ad be right now? And I included some interesting names. Miles Straw, Brian Reynolds, Scott Kingery, Leori Garcia. And so far, 75 votes in, 53% are leaning the way of Scott Kingery. Now, we, t- we spoke about him earlier on in the week here on the show. Uh, Odubel Herrera obviously dealing with everything that's going on with him. Uh, and it seems like he's going to be out for the, at least short-term, foreseeable future. We don't really know what's going to come of that yet. But... Scott Kingery, someone who the Phillies were very excited about last year. Fantasy owners were very excited about last year. This was a guy who was a near 30-30 player two years ago in the minor leagues. So I understand why people are excited about him. And what we said was, look, it's cheap exposure to a really good lineup, a really good hitter's ballpark. What do you have on Scott Kingery? Do you personally like him? Uh, Do you think... Last year was, all right, he was just getting his feet wet in the major leagues. We can't really hold it against him too much. What do you have on Scott Kingery, Craig? Yeah, and and I think that at this stage of the season, when you're looking especially at 12-team leagues, let's say as an example, uh, and even some deeper ones too, you're looking at guys who potentially could get playing time that you didn't expect for the rest of the season, basically starting from June 1st the rest of the way, and also understanding that in a couple of weeks, I think some teams are going to employ the Super 2 where they'll start calling up some of their younger kids to get that extra year of control, and we'll get into that as well coming up. But look, Kingery skills are there. There's a reason why the general manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, Matt Clintac, gave him a long-term extension without him basically proving anything at the big league level. And look, his first year did not go as well as a lot of people thought. Some people expected 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases. That certainly didn't happen. He was forced to move all around the diamond. He really didn't have a true position. Uh, I saw him play personally in South Florida earlier this year. I thought he looked great. I was just waiting for him to get that playing time. And Frank, he's going to get it now. I don't think that there's any doubt. I don't know defensively how great he will play in the outfield. We know that he is an infielder by trade. So we'll kind of have to see how they use him all over the diamond. But certainly I'm interested in the other part of this is when you're talking about strictly adding players in fantasy. The almost impossible commodity to get at this stage of the season in fantasy baseball in any kind of season-long league outside of maybe a points league or a head-to-head league where it doesn't matter as much, and these are the kind of conversations you have to separate when you're looking at leagues, is stolen bases. You just can't find anyone to steal bases in leagues, and I would guess that for anyone who's playing in a season-long fantasy league, after we're done with the show— or when Modica comes on, or wherever you have time, go in your league and take a look at the standings and look at your stolen bases and look probably how close you are to the person that's right above you and right behind you. And that's why guys like Oscar Mercado and Scott Kingery and Miles Straw and Garcia and players that we'll talk about are so important because they literally can change in the standings for you by two, three, four points within a week or two if they steal. Kingery is in that conversation. I don't know how much Kapler is going to run him. It doesn't seem like it's a high priority in Kapler's game plan to run. I thought Real Muto 
was going to end up stealing 15, 20 bases this season. And that doesn't look like it's going to happen either. So something to monitor. But long story short, Frank, there's no doubt that playing time is there for Kingery. He's worth an ad. Yeah, and just referring to the stolen bases specifically, again, I mentioned his 2017 in the minor leagues where he had 28, 26 home runs, 29 stolen bases. The year before that, he had 30 stolen bases as well. So we know that this guy has the speed. And you look at the stat cast numbers, the underlying numbers for Scott Kingery, 95th percentile in sprint speed so far this year. So he's a fast guy, but we, we have seen this with Gabe Kapler in the past where he doesn't necessarily like to run his guys all that much. We know that he's driven by analytics uh, and They've heard me rant about Gabe Kapler in the past, Craig, because uh, his usage of the bullpen, I understand that the way the game is playing, like, you want to use your best relievers in the best spots, but like his usage of the bullpen there has just frustrated me so much because why can't we just have one guy? I mean, he came from the Dodgers team where you know they had one guy in, um, in Kenley Jansen, why can't it just be Hector Neris? It seems like that's well, the case now, but it, it, it's it does, been really Frank, frustrating. I, yeah, I, I mean, Frank, I, I will in defense of Kapler say that since about week two of the regular season, he has pretty much gone to Neris in most save situations. Uh, honestly, I thought it would be Sir Anthony Dominguez. I, di- I didn't like how Robertson was throwing in the spring and some things that I had heard going into the year, regardless of the contract that he got. I was completely off him. Uh, but my pivot in all of the fantasy leagues that I had was to Sir Anthony Dominguez. I think I own him probably in 90% of the leagues that I'm in, and now I'm having to decide whether I'm going to cut him or not. But but Dominguez has also pitched well over the last week or two, and saves is another category that in the second half of the season that teams are really going to need in terms of fantasy. And remember, Neris has not been the best closer in baseball. But I, I do have to say, Frank, to counter that one, that, uh, that Kapler has been pretty... Uh, pretty early and often to Neris in the ninth inning. So he does look like their closer, at least for now. He has recently, so I'll, I'll give him credit for that. I, this rant was a month ago, whatever it was, where he ended up using like Adam Morgan in a lefty-on-lefty situation and then Pat Neshek here and there. And it was just so frustrating because, you know, as a Hector Neris owner, I mean, the guy's pitched well this year. You know, almost 13 Ks per nine, a 1.90 ERA. So yeah, let's just get... Hector Neris in that role. He had it before. Didn't work out last year. He was abysmal. I'm not going to defend last year what he did. He wasn't good. But so right. far this year, uh, 10 saves. And we've seen in the past that he has been a reliable closer. So please, get Gabe Kapler, just leave Hector Neris in that role. Someone else that you mentioned when we were talking about stolen bases, specifically uh, for Roto Leagues, Miles Straw. Now, I find him really interesting, right? Because the injury takes place with Carlos Correa. They, I mean, I don't know what's right. going on in Houston right now. They, they've been bit by the same injury bug the Yankees have. But Carlos Correa is down. George Springer is down. Jose Altuve is down. Everybody is clamoring for Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker. And rightfully so. We all want those guys to make it to the majors. But they opt to go with Miles Straw. And this is a guy who has legitimate speed upside. We're talking about a 70-grade speed, and he has a good bat, too. I mean, this guy stole 70 bases last year in the minor leagues. What can you tell me about Miles Straw? How high is he up there in terms of priority this weekend when it comes to fat bidding? Yeah, unfortunately for me, Frank, I live in South Florida, and during spring training, that's really the time where I know a lot of people are very interested in baseball and fantasy baseball because they've spent basically all winter in the cold, and then the sun comes out, and, and fans of their teams they want to go to the spring uh, training games and and I live basically about an hour from where Houston and Washington trains and about an hour and 15 minutes from where the Marlins and Cardinals train and so through the years 
I've been able to kind of pinpoint some of these players because once you get to like the third week, Frank, of the regular season spring training games, I like to go on the backfields and watch when the minor leaguers are assembled to see who may be really some of the stars that are coming up. And I got to tell you, Miles Straw is an intriguing name. Now, understand this. There's a couple of factors here. And the most important factor, I think, that for fantasy owners need to know is he's not going to hit any home runs. This is not a home run hitter. And this is not someone that's going to drive it any runs. So if you're making decisions in terms of ad drop coming up this Sunday, if that's the way that you have to do it, or even if you're in a first-come, first-serve league, don't look for any power coming here. Like, there is zero to one home runs. This is basically D. Gordon, okay? No home runs here. But he can run. He probably will get in late-inning defensive situations. He's a phenomenal defender, too. So remember, if you have him in a fantasy league and you look and you say to yourself, oh, I can't start Miles Straw, he's not even playing today. Well, there's a chance he comes into the seventh inning, he's a pinch runner, and then he plays the rest of the game. What happens if that team goes into extra innings? So in deeper leagues, you absolutely have to take a look at him. And again, if you're clamoring for steals, regardless of how much playing time this player gets, it would not shock me to see him steal 15, 20 bases the rest of the way. Maybe it is one category, and maybe that's all it is, but it can definitely help you in a fantasy league. He's somebody that I like a lot, Frank, and I think that in any basically deeper 15-team mixed league, I have to add him just to see what's going to end up happening. Houston has so many injuries, as you mentioned. Uh, until Springer comes back, I think Straw gets an opportunity to play, and I would even say that in terms of the way that Houston views him, I think they view him as higher in the organization than Derek Fisher. Maybe not as high as Kyle Tucker, but definitely higher than Derek Fisher. So I would expect him to play quite a bit. Yeah, when it comes to Miles Straw, I'm happy you brought up the comp of D. Gordon because that's exactly what I was going to say about him as well. This is a guy who, across 449 minor league games, has four home runs. But he also has 167 stolen bases. So, like I said, this is a guy who stole 70 sto- bases last year in the minors, a 301 career hitter. In the, at the minor league level as well. So he's got a bit of a hit tool. He's obviously really, really fast. And, you know, according to MLB.com, looking at their pipeline, it says that he can play the outfield and he can play shortstop. So I think that bodes well for him, Craig, because he can fill in for Correa while Correa is gone. Uh, they can use him in the outfield as well. You mentioned as, as a defensive replacement or a, or a pinch runner later on in games. So I think that's how he can find his way into the lineup. Not sure that he's going to play every single day from the get-go, but if he performs well when he's called upon, then maybe he does work himself into an everyday role. And we know that the Houston Astros this year, at least, have openly said they want to be more aggressive on the base pass. We've heard A.J. Hinch talk about that. We've heard Alex Bregman talk about that as well. And I think, you know, if they let this kid play, he's going to run. How much fab in terms of percentage are we thinking when it comes to Miles Straw? Because, again, we still have the question marks when it comes to playing time, but everyone's trying to find speed. Is it... All right, you're just throwing like 2 to 3% of your fab budget. You go as high as 5%, even more than that. What do you think in there, Craig? I mean, Frank, it just it's a loaded question because I think it just depends on where you stand in your league. If you need runs and you need steals, then I think you could go 3-4%. Uh, if power is your issue, then you probably just leave him on the waiver wire. But look, you bring up a lot of good points. I'm not sure that he'll play short. I'd be curious to see if that... Uh, ends up playing itself out. I think outfield is his position. I think also, by the way, and he doesn't strike out at all, but I think that in keeper leagues too, for those of you who have to make that decision where you can grab a guy now and hold him for the following year, remember uh, Josh Reddick 
is going to be a free agent after the season. Springer is only a couple of years away, and Yulieski Gurriel is a free agent too. So they do have players in the minors like Tucker and Alvarez and even Abraham Toro, who is coming on strong as well. But uh, in, in, in conversations with Jeff Luno on the air on my previous show, he really loves this player. And so it wouldn't surprise me to see him get, let's say, if they play six games in a week to let to see him if he plays two or three times. I think that that's probably on the average. But again, I mean, think about it, Frank, for the next five weeks, if he gets you 10 to 15 steals, was it worth the pickup if you need steals in your league? The answer is yes. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I just want to piggyback off what you were just saying real quick. when, when speaking to Jeff Luno. Um, nobody has the exact answer, but everyone keeps asking the question. You personally, Craig, when do you think we see Kyle Tucker and or Jordan Alvarez? You know, I, I mean, Alvarez, I, I think that has has potentially moved ahead of Tucker in terms of pecking order and how they view the two players. Uh, I think that there is a a kind of division, honestly, Frank, on Tucker within the organization. I think... It's like 50% of the people really like the player, 50% of the people don't like the player, and there's this kind of fun internal battle, I I guess, between some of the higher-ups in the organization as to how they really feel about him. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at some point, honestly, Frank, if they trade him. I I think that if he does well this go-around, whether it's a cup of coffee or plays well for the rest of the season, I could see them even potentially moving him for something else, and I'm not even sure what that would be. I hold Alvarez at this point in a higher regard. And also his ability, of course, to play a position that they kind of have open at this point, and that's first base. So Alvarez is really the one that I'm targeting more. That's not to say that Tucker can't come up and do what he did in spring training of last year, but his regular season performance was a little bit shocking to see him come up and play as poorly as he did. And knowing kind of how the organization, how they're not 100% in on him, gives me a little cause for pause. But there's no doubt that he's picked it up big time now in the minor leagues. So I would assume that we'll see one of them in June, maybe the other one in in uh, July or August, because I just don't think that they're, even with the injuries, I still don't think that there is enough playing time for both of them right now, but one I would think. Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of sense, too. You're Don Alvarez, a natural first baseman by trade. They tried him out in the outfield, corner outfield positions. Not a great fielder out there, but I think it makes sense that they can use him at first base. Uh, they can use uh, Gurriel at third base if they wanted to for now. They can use Bregman at shortstop until Correa's back. So they have all this type of flex, uh, uh, all these different kinds of flexibility, things that they can do. It just comes down to ultimately what do they want to do. And they, and they have to ultimately get uh, Jordan Alvarez on the 40-man roster as well. So pay attention to that. But uh, there you go. Some thoughts on uh, Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker from Craig Mish. Craig, I think someone you wanted to talk about here and not really getting any love on the poll. He's been around for a while, but it's clear that you put an emphasis on stolen bases. And I feel like most people should be doing that in their Roto Leagues. And it's Leori Garcia. In the poll, right, I put him out as part of it. Only 6% say that they would want to be in on him as the top waiver ad this weekend. I get it. Maybe not the top waiver ad, but not a lot of love for Leori Garcia. Someone who is batting 302 very quietly and has seven stolen bases. He has 37 runs scored leading off for the Chicago White Sox. What do you like about Leori Garcia? Uh, look, there's there's not a lot to love. The White Sox in general, Frank, don't get a lot of fantasy love over the last few years. They just haven't had players that have been all that fantasy relevant outside of Mankata and now Tim Anderson. There just really hasn't been a lot to discuss. So it's not like Lurie Garcia is the player that you're running to the waiver wire and targeting, okay? That's not the case. 
He's the kind of guy that you have an injury to your team. Maybe it's filling out the utility spot or maybe even your fifth outfielder. And you can kind of live with him for a couple of weeks until you get whoever that player that you have is hurt. But over the last three games, three hits in each game, has any player, Frank, in all of baseball gotten three hits in back-to-back-to-back games? He has these spurts where he gets real hot, and he's projected at this point with seven steals to get you somewhere around 15 at the end of the season. So probably left for deep 12-team leagues or 15-team leagues, but if you have an injury to one of your players and you need a spot filled, I have him in one league. I play him when he's in there, and then when my player comes back, I drop him. I have a feeling he's going to be on a lot of people's teams this year because at one point someone will say that they ended up having him, but he's a player batting sometimes near the top or at the top of the White Sox lineup. That gets you some extra counting stats and the ability to score some runs and as we've talked about the importance of steals. So he's not somebody that I love and I can understand certainly in a poll no one's running to pick him up but at the end of the year could be close to 300 could be close to 15 20 steals that's a pretty good commodity. And you're absolutely right about constantly mixing and matching outfielders in deeper leagues. We can talk about that a little bit more when we come back but it's Greg Mish making his FNTSY debut. Frank Stanfield, fantasy best friends forever on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Be right back. The Fantasy Sports Network is ready to take you out to the ballgame. Our experts and analysts are following the boys of summer through all 162 games of the 2019 MLB season with the best fantasy baseball analysis in the industry. Catch the latest news and notes every day to help you win your fantasy leagues and your DFS tournaments. We'll always want you back listening and watching the Fantasy Sports Network on the FNTSY radio app and the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, where we're root, root, rooting for your fantasy baseball team. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Rain dance! Make it rain. Betting baseball, you got to have your head examined, guys. You've got to be so strong-willed. It has never been more true if you are diving into a season of uh, betting on MLD because it will drive you crazy. We've got almost over a dozen guys that are on pace to hit at least 50 or more home runs at this point during the season, which is just ludicrous. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, only at rotoexperts.com. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to fanduel.com slash grid. 
where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports. You are in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid, open your new account, and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. I am Frank Sample, joined by the latest edition of the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That is Craig Mish. Craig, the way that I thought about you joining the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and I think it's very relevant right now, is... Imagine one of these teams go out and sign Craig Kimbrell, Dallas Keuchel. That's basically what we just did, right? Yeah, I, I think that I was I was gonna say more of Lurie Garcia, but yeah, I think that's <laughs> that's I think that's fair for sure. Like in addition to an already great team is is probably how I would put it. So I, I think that's fair. And by the way, uh, you know, I know that you just did the read. You know, certainly uh, there for FanDuel. That's where I play, and I would encourage a lot of other uh, people to play there too. I'm excited to see. Uh, you know, the new partnership that we have with SportsGrid, with FanDuel, and, and also in the Meadowlands. It's going to be amazing, and I'm going to be up in New York, uh, up your way in July, so I can't wait to see the new studio that's being built and all the great things and the partnerships, certainly, that we have here. It's a tremendous time to be a sports fan. One of the things that I also really engage in and love is, is obviously sports wagering. Fantasy's always been my first love, but understanding, Frank, the dynamic that we're headed to in sports wagering, and I would always say this for those people who are out there who are thinking of of getting into it, is uh, is understanding that it's a very difficult game. It is very hard to win, but if you have people here like at FNTSY and at SportsGrid that are on your side and people who are actually doing the physical wagering, especially for those of you who are doing it legally in New York, uh, you you always will be able to get an edge, and it's something that I'll be able to bring to the table too. Is being uh, very into it for many years, and still last year participating along with my friends uh, at Fantasy Alarm and Wager Alarm. I was involved uh, last year in their uh, super contest, and we participated myself and Howard Bender, and we did excellent. You could take a look at the standings uh, last year. We had a really good year. We're going to do that again this year, and I'm happy to bring that as well to the table here at SportsGrid. Craig Mist, the jack of all trades. He'll help you out with your fantasy teams. Not hockey, though. Not hockey. Not no hockey. Good with the ho- not good <laughs> with the hockey. I'm not claiming to be a hockey expert. That's going to have to be somebody else. But all the other sports, I, I, you know, college sports is – living. And Frank, the difference is, and, and, I, and I think this isn't talked about enough just in general, is and – I, and I know that uh, FNTSY and SportsGrid are, of course, northern based. But where I am here in South Florida – you have no idea how big college sports is. It's like a priority. I went to the University of Florida, and I almost prefer college over pro. And even on my show, as we get more toward football season, there'll be a lot of college football discussion as well. I think it's really an untapped resource for people who not only play fantasy, but also who are into sports wagering. There are some real edges that you could get in college if you just follow a conference or pay attention and hone in on specific games each week within these smaller conferences, look, there's no way of beating Vegas on a full-time basis. And I'll always say the same thing. It's the line that I use and some of my friends would steal. They're not building the hotels and casinos off people who are going to Vegas and winning. They're building them off people who are losing. And so you're just trying to do the very best you possibly can and have fun in the interim, but uh, very excited to have that to the table as well. I think I have to travel around a little bit more, Craig, because I probably don't understand that dynamic enough. Like, I've heard about it, obviously, how, you know, in the, in the southern states and other parts of the country, uh, how big college sports is. But you can't Huge. really understand it unless you're there. 
unless you've been there, if you've been around it. Because living in New York, I can tell you firsthand, college sports, I mean, college basketball is big here. Obviously, the garden, everything that they do there. But when it comes to college football, I'm I, me personally, I can't keep up with as much that's going on in college football. It seems like there's so many teams, there's so many conferences, and it's just not as popular. I think the pro game overall is more popular here in New York and probably in the Northeast. But it is, yeah. It pro- is. I probably have to uh, probably have to travel a little bit. So, well, uh, if you'll have me down and come visit, I'll, yeah, I'll come, come visit. visit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, we, we have a beautiful uh, beautiful couch here, Frank, for you anytime anytime you want. But yeah, in the state of Florida, there and and for people who are probably watching in the state of Florida, they're big fans of fantasy. And look, I'm right there with you. But college sports outdoes everything else. And it's not close in the state of Florida, whether it is pro baseball and the Marlins and Rays. That's obviously well-documented. Dolphins, Buccaneers, Jaguars. These are all popular sports. These are all popular teams. The Heat, for sure, in Miami. The Orlando Magic, the Lightning, the Panthers. I don't know what I'm missing. College sports. The University of Miami, University of Florida, Florida State University, Central Florida, South Florida, Florida Atlantic, Florida International, way more popular than any of the pro sports here in Florida and way more covered, by the way, on both television and radio here as well. It's really amazing. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Look, you mentioned he's not a hockey guy. I'm not really a hockey guy either, but that's why we have Gabe, right? That's why we have Gabe on the network. The guy is from Canada. He talks about you know, hockey all the time, Gabe. him and Cam Stewart. for him on the Blues and the Blues and, and Bruins, right? What's and, up? and they and and I know that when uh, St. Louis wins and they're at home, they play Gloria by Laura Branigan. That I know, so I'm very well schooled on that. Well, that's that one, leads me to take St. Louis in the next game. That's one more thing than than I knew about about the St. Louis Blues go. and uh, go. what's going on in hockey. But yeah, look, game time decisions the morning after. Gabe, Joe, Cam Stewart. They also bring on great guests as well. Uh, get you all your hockey fix. Craig, that's my new show. There you go. There you go. Uh, Craig, let's jump back in to the, the fantasy baseball waiver wire pickups for this weekend. And I saw an interesting name here that you highlighted on the rundown, and it's John Duplantier. I believe I'm saying that correctly. But no, you, you're close. Close, close enough. Close enough. Close you, enough. You, you, you use the R. You, you, you throw the R in there in the end. Uh, John Duplantier. There you go. There you go. Close enough. You saw him, you saw him in the Futures game, and looking into the, the minor league numbers for him, this is a guy who... Has a 2.01 ERA in his minor league career. 264 strikeouts and 228 innings pitched. He is going to make his debut as a starting pitcher tonight. Now, he's already pitched out of the bullpen throughout the season, and he's performed pretty well. What do you have on John Duplantier? Well, he's going to get an opportunity now, of course, with Luke Weaver out, and the Diamondbacks have overachieved, I think, in some people's minds. There's no doubt about that. It's always scary. With Arizona, a lot of runs being scored, and look, they make those trips to Coors Field like they did yesterday, and there's like 25 runs on the board. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this kid is going to be an ace for you the rest of the season, and I would also say that in terms of rookie pitchers, in general, the investment is not always worth the squeeze, so to speak, because uh, rookie pitchers tend to struggle. We saw Mitch Keller in his first start struggle. We saw Genesis Cabrera in his first start struggle. But Duplantier is really a pitcher, I think, that's going to have a nice shot to stick into the rotation. I saw him pitch a few years ago here in Miami in the Futures game, and he came in the game. He looked pretty good. He's not going to overpower you. I don't think he's going to be an 11 strikeout per nine type player. But Arizona does have a lot of offense and enough on their team to get this kid some run support. And I think for sure 
in NL only leagues. And then again, the great thing about having the fab for this weekend, sometimes it's not fun and sometimes it is. This is a player that you circle. You watch him make his first start. And if you like what you see, maybe invest a few bucks in him because any starting pitcher that's on a sub, I would say kind of like a 500 team or better like Arizona is going to be, it may be worth a couple of dollar investment. It may be worth a waiver wire pickup because, again, still some really good matchups to come in the National League. Remember, Arizona is still going to take their crack at teams offensively that are struggling. They haven't uh, played Miami yet, so they'll get a chance at them. They'll get a chance to play San Diego a bunch of times in Petco Park, even at home as well. And although the Padres are better, let's be honest, still not going to be the highest scoring team in the league. So, uh, And I think he could throw 100, 150 innings the rest of the season. So I'm going to take a shot this week in 12 teams, 15 teams in NL leagues and throw him into the back of my rotation and see how he does. I'll take a stab at him. And I think he's an interesting name, Craig, because I think a lot of people are going to be infatuated with the Mitch Kellers this weekend, Alex Reyes trying to get those guys on their team. And I think that Duplantier is just going to fly under the radar. And you might be able to get him for cheaper than some of these other guys. He's the he's a you know top prospect in the Diamondbacks organization. Not that they have the greatest farm system, but he is ranked as one of their top prospects. And I read you off the minor league numbers. He's performed quite well. So I think that you know in comparison to some of these other pitching prospects who have more hype, the Mitch Kellers, the Alex Reyes, you're going to be able to get him for far cheaper than some of those guys. And I'll just, I'll, I'll throw those, all those names, uh, you know, in a hat right now, Craig. Cabrera Which too. one? Yeah. Genesis Cabrera as well. Which one are you pulling out first? Who do you like most out of that group? The Alex Reyes, Mitch Ke- Kellers, uh, Genesis Cabrera, uh, John Duplantier. Which one do you like? Yeah, I'm, I'm still a huge Alex Reyes fan. He's got the best skill set of all the pitchers, and, and I've had an opportunity to get to know him through the years. I'm really pulling for this kid, and I hope that when he gets full-time in the rotation, he's able to do what I've seen him do. He throws the nastiest stuff of any of these. It's a, it's a close one for me. I'm curious what Modica's thoughts will be in the next hour, so I'll tune into him on Duplantier and some of the other pitchers. But uh, I'll probably go 1A and 1B with Reyes and Keller. Uh, Keller did give up six runs in that first inning, but look, you can't eliminate the first inning of any game. There's no doubt, Frank, but the reality is, is Keller was phenomenal after that first inning and he struck out a bunch of guys. Cabrera also looks like he could be a high K per nine guy. Now remember with Cabrera, with Genesis Cabrera is that sometimes it's about skill set, but here's where the reality sets in a little bit with the organization. Remember they traded Tommy Pham to Tampa, and Genesis Cabrera was really one of the main pieces coming back in that trade. The Cardinals tend to make good trades. They don't always give great extensions, as we've seen in the past to some of these players, but when they make a deal, you always have to look at the player that they get in return. A young player and a rookie like Cabrera is going to have his ups and downs, and the Cardinals aren't playing very well right now. But if I had to rank them one through four, I suppose I may take Keller over Reyes just because after that first inning, I was impressed. Uh, so it would be Keller, Reyes for me, Duplantier, and then uh, Cabrera would be the fourth one. Although, although I do own Cabrera in a couple of leagues. I did pick him up. His start was a little bit shaky, not hugely surprised with that. But if St. Louis does pick it up and they play better, he'll be a benefit of that. But make no mistake about it, Frank. If Cabrera, for some reason, has a couple of blips on the radar, like let's say two back-to-back starts that are subpar, non-quality start, they could send him back to the minors. And it's so interesting to see uh, two teams like the Cardinals and the Rays make trades with each other because you're so used to those organizations you know, getting the better end of trades. I mean, we're seeing it right That's now, true. right, with the Rays and, and Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now for Chris Archer. Just you know, one of the biggest fleeces that I can remember in, in recent years. And 
you know, the Cardinals as well, just a great organization in terms of development and making trades as well. So it's interesting when you see two tra- uh, two teams like that make a trade. You see, it almost seems like it's going to work out for both sides, right? Or else why else would they do it? It could. It Craig, could. I wanted to get your thoughts real quick. Obviously, you, know, you cover the Marlins. You know, I, you know everything that's going on in baseball, fantasy baseball, but you've had a close look on the NL East. I want to get your thoughts on Nick Pavetta because he's a very polarizing player, and a lot of people were excited about him coming into the year. You know, drafted as a top 40, sometimes top 35 starting pitcher for fantasy purposes. Everyone sees the strikeout potential. But I've been skeptical in the past because to me, it's not to the same effect, but he reminds me a lot of John Gray. Obviously, a lot of John Gray's issues come with pitching in Coors Field. The underlying numbers, the XFIP, the Sierra, always much better than his ERA. But I almost wonder, is Nick Pavetta in that same mold as a guy like John Gray who has phenomenal stuff, he can get strikeouts, but is always going to have better underlying numbers than his actual numbers. How do you feel about Pavetta? Yeah, he's an interesting one, and I, and I just want to say this at the top just so everybody understands. This is my first time uh, you know, being on the network, and so for those of you who may have listened to me at the other place, you know something about me very clearly is that when I'm right, I'll say I'm right, and when I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong, and I enjoy the self-deprecating part of being wrong because understanding in fantasy, there are so many times and so many players that even Major League Baseball teams get wrong. So who am I to say that I'm right about every single thing that I say? So I was right on Nick Pavetta. But that being said, understand Jung Ho Gong, a lot of other players. Let me know on Twitter what I get wrong. Uh, Colin McHugh loved him going into the season. I enjoy the back and forth with people telling me that I'm wrong, telling me that I'm right. It's all part of the process. It's a part of having fun, which is what fantasy baseball is supposed to be. Unfortunately per, for Pavetta, Frank, this is from from this part up, I think, with Nick Pavetta. We know for sure that he has the skills. I just don't think, from what I understand, that he really even trusts his own stuff. Um, I, I think that he still has work to do. I don't think that he looked sharp enough in his last start for me to invest in him. My guess, Frank, is that at some point, Philadelphia is going to make a trade or they're going to uh, and Keichel, I don't know if he's on the radar or not for them next week after the draft is over, but I don't see Pavetta as the long-term answer. And for me, this is coming not just from guessing, but obviously from asking questions. So while the skill set is definitely there in anything that I try to acquire information wise going into the season, I was told, I don't know, this may not be the guy for you. Uh, and unfortunately, has kind of has played out that way. But that being said, look, maybe this is the time where he does turn it around. I don't know. But this is just one of the players that from the beginning of the season, Frank, I've been out on. I'm going to stay out on Pavetta. Like Mitch Keller, he got off to a rough start in his return to the majors the other day. He gave up two home runs in the first inning, uh, but then really settled down. The final four innings of that start ended up with six strikeouts and five innings pitched. So we'll see what happens from here on out. Maybe he does need a change of scenery. Maybe end up somewhere else in a, in a better pitcher's ballpark, and ultimately that will help him. But see what happens with Nick Pavetta. I've been stashing him in a few deeper leagues. Again, he was a guy who was drafted, top 40 starting pitcher. I didn't invest that in him. But if someone else is going to drop him, that's true. I can pick yeah. him up for pennies. Of course. And of course, yeah, I'll take a shot on that. So that's why I think it's worth mentioning if Pavetta was dropped in your league. Make sure right, but Frank, but, but understand understand the reality part of this, Frank, which is always something that has to be factored into fantasy. The Philadelphia Phillies are not a team in 2019 they're going to go into August hoping that Nick Pavetta gets it turned around. And I'm not saying that they're going to trade Nick Pavetta, but Philadelphia is going to need three really good starters for the rest of the season, or four really good starters, because they are primed 
to get to the postseason, although as it stands, they would have to battle for that right now. So clearly Aaron Nola and clearly Jake Arrieta and probably Zach Eflin. But even with that, I would I would think that they would be in play for some other pitchers like Madison Bumgarner, like Marcus Stroman, uh, maybe even Miami's Jose Arrieta. Not to say that he's better than Pavetta, but I could see certainly him being bumped out of that rotation and them saying, hey, head down to AAA, get this all worked out. We'll see you back next year. Or as you mentioned, maybe a trade. So look for those good teams that have struggling back-end starters to make deals. And yeah, you're right. It's a stash in fantasy. There's no there's no harm whatsoever in seeing how it works out and seeing how he pitches. But look, some of these pitchers can derail you if you put them in for a start or two. Still early enough in the season to have that happen. And I think that makes a lot of sense that the Phillies will be in the market for some starting pitching, whether it's via trade or Dallas Keuchel, because again, you're right. They do need at least three at the top of that rotation. And Aaron Nola hasn't been himself this year. And Jake Arrieta up and down, a little bit more inconsistent here at the later stages of his career. But that is Craig Miz, the latest edition of the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You'll hear him weekdays starting next week, Monday to Friday, 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern Time, Fantasy Sports Today. You can follow him on Twitter at Craig Mish. Craig, it's been a lot of fun, man. Appreciate you hopping on. All right, thanks for having me, Frank. And I'll be listening to you and Matt talk some pitching here so I can get an edge on my uh, weekend trips here for starting pitching. Thanks again. I appreciate that. And appreciate you coming on once again. That is Craig Mish. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Up next, Matt Modica will join us a little bit later on in the second hour. Frank Stanfield, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network.